0: Friends, of course I go by the name of the King Famous. You and now tuned into the Timothy Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Okay, let's start this show with five, four, three, two, one, let's go. This is Tim and Friends for Tuesday,
1: October 18, 2022. I'm Timothy McCallum. I'm back from about a week of NBA 2K Fortnite and welcome to Rexham. Jesse Rubinoff, unfortunately, is still there, but I'm told doing better. Hence, may I present the lovely and talented. Kevin Mickey in today and <laughs> riding shotgun. What's going on,
2: buddy? You good. I'm hanging out. I'm just um I was very impressed by the what you were up to while you were away. Particularly the Fortnite victory. <laughs> the Fortnite Hing, yeah. some might say. Very, you know, very impressed. I mean, would say that. I, I I was because yeah. I that's I'm not doing that. I, but I saw on your Instagram feed that you certainly were doing that. Uh, so I kudos was, to you. I
1: was uh, I was out with COVID for those who haven't figured it out, and with very little to do and very little time frame, uh, or at least oh look at this. There he is. Victory yeah, I was,
2: Royale! I was
1: dancing on them. Check out the eliminations, too. I don't know if you noticed that, Mickey. Nine eliminations,
2: Nine eliminations. for Uncle Timmy. Talk to him. Talk to
0: him, Timmy.
1: And then maybe it's good that I'm going back to work today. <laughs> uh, so, Jesse Rubinoff, unfortunately, still under the weather, still beat up a little bit. Uh, I'm told he's got, uh, right now, a little bit of a sore throat. Uh, the cough, cold, frustrating a wee bit, and we hope to have mm-hmm. him back soon. Yep. So... Get better soon, Jesse.
2: Yeah, come on, Rubes. We got you.
1: Uh, what a day to return, to! Yankees and Guardians are currently playing a do-or-die game in the Bronx. It's available for your viewing pleasure on Sportsnet Ontario and Sportsnet One. Currently a 4 nothing Yankees lead. They got three in the top of the first inning. Have added one more, courtesy of a solo shot from Aaron Judge. So... Playing catch up are the Guardians immediately as Jose Ramirez walks down that step hopefully just to relay information on the pitcher Nestor Cortez and not because there's something wrong because that would basically be the end of the Guardians but again do or die game and it looks like two, Cortez, two pitch down the line oh no, there's a collision it's a fair it. ball look at that this is good
2: this is good play by play
1: Kevin Mickey We have a collision, 2-1. Perhaps there's something brewing here with one out in game five. And here comes Aaron Boone.
2: Guardians trying to make some noise here. Uh, Blue Jays fans, stop me if you've seen something like this before. Too soon? I'm not sure. A collision in the outfield betwixt a number of defenders and some problems all of a sudden when your team has a lead. Blue Jays fans have been down this road before with Aaron Hicks now suffering the brunt of the collision in this one.
1: Yeah, you got a collision yeah. between the young shortstop and the veteran outfielder. Uh, I wonder how many Jays fans will yell and scream that that's the outfielder's ball. <laughs> I think
0: I'd uh, say either way,
1: it looks like Hicks is the one that takes the brunt of this one. And uh, fittingly, Josh Donaldson just getting the bleep
2: out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the get-it-done league, Josh, not the try league. Remember that. Remember he said that back in the day? I, I do remember Indeed. That. This isn't the start of something, is it? no. Don't put it past the Guardians. They feel like a team of destiny of sorts right now. And they fight and they scratch and they claw. So we'll keep you up to
1: date on Aaron Hicks. We'll keep you up to date on this game throughout. But basically, because baseball fans are probably watching that game, and maybe we've hooked more of you to flip on over to that game, listen, I got no problem. All good. All in the family here. (laughs) As Mickey said, all good. Yeah. We've got you, though, for the next 90 minutes until Hockey Central takes over the airwaves at 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific after what was, Kevin, eventful night of hockey last night. To say oh, honest. why? What was eventful? The fact oh. that
2: after four games, Leaf fans seem to be melting down, or after three games, the Canucks are 0-3 and calling players-only meeting? You mean that sort of eventful?
1: That's sort of eventful. We'll get our shot out of it in First Things First. Nick Kiprios and Elliot Friedman will also get a shot if you don't like what we have to say in First Things First. And speaking of eventful, after yet another lively offseason in the NBA, the regular season kicks off tonight with a double dip. Sixers and Celtics from Boston. Lakers and Warriors from San Francisco. That's right, kids. The start of the Joe Missoula era in Boston. Can Harden make the Sixers great again? Will the Lakers implode? Will Jordan Poole survive the year? All <laughs> legit storylines heading in and almost as important as our cue that big time basketball is around the corner starring Ted Lasso as John Tesh and some other guy
0: basketball give it, give it.
2: Yeah. I'm impressed with the lyrics. That's give awesome, man. It took me <laughs> <while>. took me one. <laughs> yeah, I had to watch it a few more times before the show. <laughs> you know, it Basketball,
0: helped. give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna dunk it. Basketball, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, give me, give me, give me the, the ball because I'm gonna it. give 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 the ball because I'm going gonna <laughs> <make> it. Mickey's just <laughs> <engine>. <laughs> That no, Raptors
1: part tomorrow against Cleveland in the season and home opener. Head coach of said basketball squad, Nick Nurse, will join us in the second segment of this show. Sounds like a show to me. Quick update, Aaron Hicks being helped off the field. As we currently speak, again, that Yankees-Guardians game, replaced by Marwin Gonzalez playing left field. At least that's what the chyron tells me. Kevin Mickey. So two on, one out, 4 nothing game, do or die. Game five, Cleveland, New York on now. Sportsnet 1 and Sportsnet Ontario. So there's your update after he collided with Oswaldo Cabrera, the shortstop for the Yankees. Uh, We'll see if that starts something for Cleveland. All right. Sounds like we have uh, a season to kick off. It sounds like we have a show to kick off. Mm -hmm. And Kevin Mickey starts it all off. First things first, your stories, your top stories of the day in a somewhat rapid-fire manner. So what's on the board, T.J. Ford? Oh,
2: tight. T.J. Ford. First. Texas Longhorns legend. Not oh. only as well as the Toronto Raptors I always got him player.
1: and Marcus Banks confused for some reason in my fat head.
2: Deep cut. Yeah. Another one. I've always, always loved T.J. Ford, one of my favorite Raptors of all time because, again, I've, I love the University of Texas, so when Ford oh. came... Big time. I forgot Big about time, the uh, the Mickey link to the uh, University of Texas golf right. team, which that's made him correct. a
1: University of Texas fan. Now, did T.J. play with Kevin Durant? TJ did play with Kevin Durant. Right. The Durant's
2: only season he played there, yeah.
1: And Rick Barnes was a real good tactical in-game coach that got the best out of all of his players. Wait a second. He was strictly a recruiter that brought in big names and never won anything.
2: That's correct. Okay. I mean, when Texas had <laughs> Kevin Durant, it was Sweet 16. And that was cons- – I mean, you look at that and you're like, wow, Sweet 16, that's a success for them. Good for yeah. them.
1: Unfortunately, there were some Canadians that played there as well mm. during that Rick Barnes time that never got anywhere. Yeah, yeah. But we talk basketball and we're also we're talking, talking- – A little bit of hockey.
2: A little bit of puck. It's another busy night in the NHL with eight games on the schedule, including four Canadian teams in action, three games on the Sportsnet Family Channel. The Sens expecting a sold-out crowd at the garage at the Canadian Tire Center. for the first time (laughs) since 2016. They host the Bruins in their home opener, the Canucks. They're playing in the second of back-to-back in Columbus. Viewers in Vancouver can see it on Sportsnet Pacific. The Flames hosting the Golden Knights on Sportsnet at... Sportsnet West at 7 local, 9 Eastern. That game available... On SportsNet West in the Calgary Region. And the Sabres, they're visiting the Oilers on SportsNet 360. But we have lots to talk about from last night, and a couple of bad losses by the Leafs and Canucks. Toronto lost 4-2 at home to the Coyotes. Eric Shaldren and net for the Buds. Vancouver, they blew a two-goal lead in the third to fall to the Capitals. They are now 0-3 on the season, are the Canucks. As you might expect, head coaches not very happy afterwards.
3: I think right now, I mean, mentally weak would be uh, a good assessment, I think. Like, I mean, uh, instead of when you're on a roll, you're waiting for good things to happen. When you're in something like this, you're waiting for something bad to happen.
1: Our best people have not found the rhythm, so maybe really look at it. The difference between us and Arizona is that we have elite players, and our elite players didn't
2: play like elite players today. Didn't couldn't make a difference. <laughs> So those comments leading to fan bases being quite mad. Vitriol is the word on my script. Right. Quite a smart word. (laughs) Where would you like to start, Timmy? Uh, In the immortal words of Ilya
1: Brizgalov, why you have to be mad? (laughs) I mean, why you have to be mad? And, And listen, hear me out on this one. I think we all might have... Some anger issues in society right now. There is a saying, we are what we focus on. And we have become a society that has too much information, most of it in echo chambers, literally attempting to engage you, not inform you, that's secondary, engage you, get you to click, comment, and or like, like the YouTubers say. How do they do that? How do they do that, you ask? Well, the entire Cambridge Analytica data scandal said the more inflammatory the comment, the more viral it goes. And thus... You have the last 10 years of our society in the Western world. Think of people who have cut through the noise in the last 10 years. It fits. They're all yellers and screamers, right? Mm -hmm. Busting through all that noise. So armed with this knowledge, I have tried to not be that guy. May have even hurt the old career. But I like to think that if you're going to go off, at least believe in it. Maybe I'm old school, Kevin. If you're going to go off, at least believe in. I think there are those of us, mm-hmm. or those among us, Kevin, who scream just to be
2: heard. I, yes. You know what I mean? I think I do.
1: You know what I'm saying?
2: I've seen a pundit or two in my day. Right. Spout off. Right. Exactly. So calm down. It's just sports. That said,
1: what in the bloody hell is going on with the <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs, Kevin Mickey? How many bleeping times with this team? I'm kidding. Kind of. Sort of. Kind of. Sort of. How many bleeping times with this team? Because I've come on this show a bunch of times and said, after a Toronto Maple Leafs game, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Oh, but Jan Kroc. he wasn't with the team, Tim. (laughs) Everyone knows who I'm talking about, and it's not... Cole Yarncrook or however you say it these days, or Michael Bunting, who's probably said the same way the whole time, it's just someone Americanized Kelly Roncrock and we got Kelly Yarncroc. It wasn't Bunting, it's not Mikheyev. it's not Wayne Simmons or Zach Hyman or Nazem Kadri. How far do you we need to go back on this? The team's very talented. Mm-hmm. And I chastise Leaf fans back in the day for chasing Phil Kessel out of town, because even though he works like a grade four counting the minutes to recess, he had unreal (laughs) talent. And I said that if you had a team to surround him, you would need that guy on a good team. Pittsburgh had Uh, that team. They won two cups. Yeah. Yeah, And Phil was huge. I said, Nylander is too talented to just dump them like some Leaf fans suggested a couple of years ago. I said Marner was too good to lament his contract. And Matthews, well, you know. And I said, this team will learn to work. They'll get the lesson that the 80s Oilers got from the Islanders after being swept in 1983. And not seeing the celebration they thought they would from the Islanders' dressing room. But instead, Kevin Mickey, mm. Canada, seeing the
2: sacrifice Purpose.
1: that went in to winning that National Hockey League championship, that Lord Stanley's chalice. And the boys in the bus, they learned that. They turned into champs, and I thought the Leafs would learn that. Still waiting. So is Brendan Shanahan. Mm -hmm. So is Kyle Dubas. Though he needs a couple more D-men and probably a goalie, whatever. So is Sheldon Keefe. And if they keep waiting, if they don't learn, if you continue to sleepwalk, Against the Tucson Roadrunners, led by a dude, Nick Ritchie, who you had to pay to give away. A dude that you determined couldn't hang with you, man. That's a chef's kiss. Nick Ritchie scoring against the Leafs is an absolute Mm -hmm. chef's kiss. If you don't learn, this isn't going to end well for anyone. Especially the names that I just listed. Who handed the money to the kids in this team. Who handed the keys to the kids on this team and answered all the questions year after year, running it back for the kids on this team who, let me just tell you right now, aren't kids anymore. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Yes, it's four games in. It's also four years in, five years in, six years in, and seven Seven years in. in for some. I see
2: where you're going.
1: Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. They dominated that first period. They thought that they would just walk all over the Arizona Coyotes, and they should have. There will always be room for talent. And the last couple of years have been tough with the cap and that thing and this thing and the other thing. It's time to find a way, Toronto Maple Leafs. And I know if you think I'm overselling this game four of the season, it's because they do the exact same thing in game 57. That's... They do the exact same thing in game 62. They do the – last year they played down to their competition repeatedly there is time it's not done they can learn but i don't think you can just turn on the switch when it matters most in the postseason you have to learn to play the right way and i'm telling you time is running out on this team to learn those lessons for when it matters
2: most i'm glad that you said Maybe you think I'm overreacting in game four. That's not the point here, especially for Leaf fans. I think you're really speaking to them. The point is Leaf fans have seen this team before do this exact same thing that they saw last night. This was... An extremely beatable team in the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Michael Stevens, who works for the the Hockey News, he tweeted out, he said, look at this roster and you look down the roster of the Arizona Coyotes and meaning no disrespect to the individuals who (laughs) have made the NHL the 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 hardest hockey league to make. But the collection of individuals, I would submit to you, is much lesser than the collection of individuals across the National Hockey League on other rosters. So, therefore... Watching the Toronto Maple Leafs as a collective put up this effort again, again against this Arizona Coyotes team, who you should deem is lesser, it's sad and it's maddening to Leaf fans. So I think you're speaking to them. It doesn't matter if it's game one, if it's game 41, yeah. if it's game 82. The Leafs would get booed off the ice if they put forth that effort in any facet across yeah. the season like that.
1: Kyle has quoted uh, Carlton head coach Dave Smart on Saturday night. Uh, Talking about confidence in players. Mm. And one of the things Dave Smart would do while winning 13 national championships at Carleton was he would make sure that the players played even against subpar competition. Even when they were up 50, if they didn't do the right, and I'm dead serious, up 50, if you didn't do the right thing in the right spot, he would call you over and teach it. And I remember last year, Jesse was sitting in your spot, and the Leafs blew a couple leads, and he's like, ah, they're still winning the games. And I'm like, that's not the point. The point is... Accountability. Yes, yeah. accountability and, and learning how to win games that you are not supposed to win. And last night, they almost pulled it off, and some, ah, it would have been a bad lesson if they had... A, no. They need to make sure that they're not taking their foot off the gas against crappier teams because if you do that in the postseason, you're out after the first round. Wait a second. They've been out after the first round every year. So hey. it's it's listen. It's good to great. They're going to still have hundred and ten points or so by the end of this year. The, the difference is have they learned to win ugly? Have they learned to win when they don't have their best game? Because that's what needs to happen in the postseason. And I'm sorry, every time you do something like that, you make me think you're the same old Leafs.
2: And I don't think you're wrong. Uh, do we have a different team out west? A lot of focus on Eastern Canada, what's going on with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Are the Canucks off the hook, Timmy, here, despite blowing multi-goal leads in each of their first three games?
1: The hell to the no. <laughs> uh, that's unfortunate for a team trying to prove that they are the 32-15-10 and 10 team and not the crappy start cost the coachs job team, right? Like, yeah. Not the missed the playoffs in six of the last seven seasons team. Not the after spending time looking under the hood management signed most of the key players to new deals and only gave the coach of the 32, 15, and 10 run a one-year expansion. Yes, giving up multiple goals in each of the first three games for the first time in NHL history is not a good look, but yep. maybe... And just maybe, hear me out on this one, Okay. maybe Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvine knew something here. And this group needs to figure it out. They need to figure out what they want to be and how they're going to be known. Like, they're not even close to being done. This is three games in, not even four games in. And you might actually look back at these three games and say, this was exactly the swift kick in the Tony Tannies that this team needed. And guess what? They will be afforded the opportunity to turn it around quickly. 0-3 Jackets tonight. 0-3 Wild. Then back to Vancouver for the home opener against the Sabres. This could all disappear in a flash. Canada, Vancouver, Kevin Mickey. Or, mm. or the heat in Vancouver could be turned up to 11. Five games in and just in time for the home opener. Don't believe me? Think it's the big bad Toronto media? Check out what they're tweeting out west. Harmon Dial, this is embarrassing for the Canucks. Want to keep it going? Yeah. Jason, Canucks fans deserve better than this. Game three, not done. Rob Williams, he's the hockey guy. Don't be so negative. The Canucks killed a penalty tonight. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're not done. Canucks Army, it's time for third period Canuck hockey. That's Uh, what it felt like.
2: I've seen that before.
1: It can change. Opportunity is there. Got to start tonight on Sportsnet Pacific. Shorty and Chicho have the call, starting at 3:30 local with Dan Riccio and Sad Shaw. That's right, kids. The Canucks pregame show, a full 30 minutes connect committed to the Canucks. Not a big bad Toronto media messing it up. Dan Riccio, Sad Shaw. It feels like an early put-up or shut-up for the Canucks. And I've said for years, I think that the talent is in that room.
2: It's time to see it, boys. Time to see it. There was a lot said about the players-only meeting. I feel like that players-only meeting was just like, gentlemen, let's just take a step back here, all right? Let's relax. Some players-only meeting, a players-only meeting doesn't mean, yeah, here's what we need to do, everybody! Everybody need to calm down! It's not Will Farrell, in old school going, we got to keep our composure! Right. It could very simply be like, let's just take a step back, guys. It's still early, like you said. This 0-3 start could be a thing of the past in just two games. Hold on a second.
1: How often have you heard of a player's only meeting three games into a season?
2: Not often. However, how maybe they're just not reported. It's very possible. It's very possible. <laughs> I'm just. I'm, I, trying, I'm I, trying to. I'm trying to tell Canucks fans step back. It's no, okay. I, I it's hear okay. you. I understand it. I, I
1: don't often hear. I've been around the business for a long time. I don't often hear of the players only meeting three games into a season.
2: You've been in sports media for a couple of years. Twenty something or something. I don't know. Oh, a couple, a couple. Okay, I understand. Yeah. So have Becoming you ever the seen have you ever seen the vitriol, I'm gonna reuse that word again, directed towards a rule in the NHL? We're talking about the Leaf game last night. The Leafs think that they have the tying goal in the third period. It's called back because of a hand pass. Are you okay with how this all played out?
1: The hand pass was announced wrong in the building by the referee. Uh, I was cool with the NHL's explanation, easy for me to say, Uh, after the difference being directed by the hand. I didn't think it was directed by the hand anywhere. That was what was said on the ice. Mm -hmm. And then the explanation, as tweeted out, kind of sort of pointed to the Leafs gaining an advantage. I'm good with that. I'm also good with the Leafs kind of sort of getting what they deserve in that game. Uh, They didn't deserve to win that game. They did not win the game. Here's what I'm done with.
2: Plenty of reaction. to
1: that. I'm done with instant replay slowing down the game. Like, if the decision isn't obvious, stick with the original call. Like, 60 seconds tops and the screen goes dead. And the league says we live with the mistakes after that screen goes dead. Like, Instant replay is for the Armando Galarraga no-hitter ruined by a bad call. Perfect game. Instant replay is for Eagle Eye in tennis. 15 seconds, we all see the replay, we move. That's instant replay. Did the ball come out on a fumble? Okay, not this four minutes with the referees fast-forwarding and rewinding only to get a bad description of the call. Like, nobody was complaining about this call in the first place, and yet we went over it back and forth, we nitpicked it, and we found that it was no goal. We do this all the time. We lose the plot in sports in search of a perfection that we were never looking for in the start. Like, I'm not Ken Reed screaming, get rid of instant replay, embrace the human element, because I know that old school folks are tired, and they are. But sorry, Kenny, I'm saying use some bleeping common sense on this. There are several plays a week that are solved with replay with ease. Just split the freaking thing up. <laughs> I said speed because I was going to say something else. I, and I got a little <laughs> sidetracked there. Speed it up! Stop trying to prove how smart you are and how much you know. None of this razor-thin, blade of the skate at the blue line nonsense. Oh, did the nose of the football touch the ground even though the dude caught it? Let's look at that over and over and over and over and over. Just quote Marshawn Lynch. I'm done. We're done. Turn the screens off in 60 seconds. If it's not obvious, if you haven't made your decision yet, suck it. Call them a play stands. End the story. Retweet if you're with me. Mickey horns if you're with me.
2: for uh, stupid instant let's, uh, We're going to have Freesian Kipper later on in the show and we can delve more into the subject nice, of word. all things puck. Uh, words. But let's... Uh, Vitriol
1: delve. Look at this.
2: Let's... Loquacious. Spleed, let's speed things up a little bit here and move on to basketball. <laughs> okay. How about that? The NBA regular season... If I don't swear. ba 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 The all starts tonight. The Celtics host the 76ers. Warriors raising their ship banner ahead of their matchup with the Lake Show. There's no ship championship. Got Last word, chance. There's no clear favorite this season. There are six teams with better than 10 to 1 odds to win the title. Is that a good thing to me? What do you think?
1: Yeah, because people are always talking about, oh, there's only two teams that can win the title in the NBA. Not this year. Not this year. No, it feels a little bit different, at least according to Vegas. Celtics are plus 600 to win. The NBA championship, that is tied with the Milwaukee Bucks, who are plus 600 to win the NBA championship. The plus 600 is the longest recorded odds for any opening night favorite in NBA history. And the history is important here because only four times ever in the NBA has a team won a championship with longer than 15 to 1 odds to start the season. That is easily the fewest of any of the four major pro sports. The one thing that I will say to all this is that I think the Golden State Warriors are the odds-on favorite, should be lower odds than everyone else, and I think are the class of the NBA right now. The only, the only team that really scares me in the West is the Los Angeles Clippers, and I mean the history would suggest they'll be completely bruised, battered, and scarred by Week 2. <laughs> I
2: was like, gonna say, yeah, I, I thought you were going to say by the end of the season, but Week 2 is... A little more accurate, I'd say. Yeah,
1: so I, it feels to me like, listen, the Warriors are one of two teams that play tonight. They are going to raise the banner in front of uh, the Los Angeles Lakers and uh, your boy LeBron James and Russell Westbrook and all those guys. I I think they're the favorites to win it all, and I think they should be a little bit lower on that list of
2: odds. The Raptors plus 4,000, by the way. That's 16th best. Uh, we'll talk to Nick
1: Nurse about it. That's right. Oh. Still to come. It is a day of Knicks, my friend. Oh. Nick Kip- Nick's, I said. Oh. Nick Kiprios in studio to talk Leaps, Canucks, and ahead of a full slate. Nice hockey tonight. Uh, Elliot Friedman for the Board of Governors meetings in New York City. And after the break, yes, a day of Knicks on the eve of the Raptors season tip-off. Coach Nick Nurse will join us to discuss Nick, his team's outlook. Tim and friends. I'm back. He's back. Mickey's, Mickey's been here for a couple days now. <laughs> and Jesse will be back soon. Josh Harris will snap it. That's good. Scott puts it down. That's
4: good. The kick is good. And the Chargers win it in overtime. Dustin Hopkins is the hero tonight. Going four for four. Bad leg and
5: all. Patrice Bergeron spins to pass the pass to
0: Pasta. Oh, Magic! you see it. No, you don't. It's over. The Golden State Warriors return to a familiar place. They're on top of the NBA
3: world. The fourth title in eight years. The Dubs dynasty is still very much alive.
1: Welcome back, friends. The NBA season gets going tonight. Well, the Raptors will play their opener tomorrow at home. To the new-look Cleveland Cavaliers, Raptors, little injury news. they will be without Ken Burch and Otto Porter Jr. Malachi Flynn available, Chris Boucher questionable. Now, Scotty Barnes was limited by injury in the first round of their playoff loss to the 76ers, but put together an incredible rookie season. And today, he talked about what's important to get the rest of his game going.
0: I feel like that's what I really do best when I'm locked in on the defensive end. Everything else has come easier naturally to me. So when you see me really locked in on defensive end, everything else goes really well for me. So that's one thing that I always pride myself on, trying to guard. So I feel like that's the that's my goal.
1: My next guest might like to hear that. Not only the head coach of the Raptors and Team Canada, not only, and I think I can call him this, a friend of the show, but he's also a friend of many through the aptly named Nick Nurse Foundation, ladies and gentlemen. Nick Nurse, hey coach, thanks for giving us some time on the uh, on tip-off eve.
3: How you doing, Tim? No problem. This is, uh, I think, we're pretty annual with this by now, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. This is probably our fourth or fifth annual.
1: Yeah. Well, I got you night, at media bu- day, before, too. Night
3: before night before the opener conversation. So I good, to good to always be on, man. Appreciate <laughs> it. No, heck no, man. Thanks for having me on.
1: Uh, I mentioned the foundation off the top because I saw you giving out turkeys on Thanksgiving with OG at the Boys and Girls Club Jane and Finch. Yes. Uh, I saw you raising money last night at the Evening of Music to support the Nick Nurse Foundation Music Labs, which aims to bring access to music to underserved schools. Uh, nobody would hate on you for getting ready for the season but that's two pretty cool things just before the season starts I mean obviously it means something to you why
3: well it's it's a couple things I mean we're just um, you know trying to give back to the community that's like the simple short answer why we're doing anything right and we got to get that stuff done the Thanksgiving one's becoming an annual tradition we actually picked it up from Kyle Lowry so it was a handoff and I'm it was great to have OG out and we'll probably be handing that off to him. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's like to see our guys do it is what um, kind of was part of our original plans is to is to get in there and get them involved. Right. So that's that's a big up part of it and get it done before season. Now that's that's all done. That's that's uh, foundation season is over and now it's time to get ready to go for uh, game number one, man.
1: All right, I want to talk game number one in a flash, but we got some video here. Dude's playing music. I saw Neo was there, among others. Are there any yeah. other musicians on the team?
3: Um, well, I will say this. I, th- I think, first of all, Pascal's good on the piano. All right. I-, I haven't heard him play, like, extensively, but I've had- heard him play in little bits, and he's got a, a really, really tremendous feel and touch right. for it. Right. Like, sounds really good. Um. After that, I don't really know about about anybody else playing anything. I know OG told me I think he played trumpet <laughs> for three years in in uh, junior high or grade school I or something. We talked about that one time. Um, but I do know this: is they all like to sing, and I and I saw proof of it um, <laughs> at the at the event. They were all they were all singing. They knew the words to a lot of songs last night, man. So that was good to see. Very 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 interesting. I thought that was a cool kind of. Uh, team thing to see those guys uh, getting into the to the artist. They nice. CK was a was a team favorite. A uh, yep. bunch of the guys on the team and a bunch of the coaches like him. And then obviously Neo's got more hits than a lot of people. Let's put it that way. He's got a lot of hits and was a big big. I don't know. It was a huge draw for the for the foundation last night.
1: Nice. Um, I I hope they yep. can sing better than they can dance because I saw some video of dancing and. Uh, I'm not gonna say they look like Gasol on a float, but they kind of look like
3: Gasol on a float. Come on, man! <laughs> they were awesome. They were awesome out there dancing last night. <laughs> Gasol on a float.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a memory we all have burned into our yeah. minds. <laughs> <laughs> we we're
3: not gonna say which side of the memory meter that goes on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he scared! I was doing it
1: live on TV. He scared <laughs> the bleep out of me, Coach. I'm gonna be honest with you. I hey. was watching, going like, Any a.
3: Hey. Any dancing
1: on that float is good dancing, right? <laughs> that's
3: awesome. That's Any awesome. dancing on that float is good. That's true. That's
1: true. All right, so so let's talk uh, about this season. I don't know if they'll be dancing after yeah. it, but there's been a lot of hype in, yeah. in season two. Uh, our, the season starts with two tonight. Uh, you guys get the Cavs yeah. tomorrow. Was there anything you saw crossing Canada with these guys in the preseason that had you say, okay, that that's something different. I haven't seen this yet.
3: Um, well listen i think that um, kind of in totality tim that i just saw a sense of urgency mm. uh, a sense of um just just uh juice man like like when I go this summer to see the guys there was just such um competitiveness in the way they were working out and stuff just just like it seemed like another level than what you're used to watching in the summer so that stuck out to me as interesting, right, and, I, and it, yeah. was, it was a number of guys and a number of guys when we were in our group setting and, and all those kind of things. Um, no, I think the preseason has gone, you know, very well, um, and we've learned a lot. I think even in these last couple of weeks, we've learned even more about, about like, who we are and how we got to play and you know the trying to get to the best version of ourselves is always what we're trying to do like you know each and every day we come in here we're trying to figure out what can we do better differently and and uh, more precisely and longer and you know all that stuff that makes you you know really tough to beat
1: that sense of urgency in the preseason is somewhat rare and I wish I could peel the onion back on that one because I was just talking about the Leafs in the early season and needing that sense of urgency just to set the tone for when it matters most. So I think sense of urgency in the preseason is great. What what tomorrow outside the win, are you looking for Mm -hmm. that gives you good vibes about this team? Like, what are you looking for from your group tomorrow?
3: Well, I just think that um, we need to come out and, and just assert ourselves, right? We just, you know, we got an aggressive kind of mindset, you know, period. Like, like we need to. We need to come out and, and be running hard and running fast and crashing the glass and playing with pace and just, you know, it's, it's kind of like this fight for space and it's kind for like who's on the toes and who's on their heels and, you know, just that kind of stuff is really who we are, Tim, you know, like, right. like, you know, you, you can see us making multiple efforts in, a, in one possession or never quitting on a possession, even when it looks like, you know, nothing good's going to happen and somehow you save the play or, or, things like that, you know, I think that's who we are and that kind of sets the tone for everything else. Um, we're going to need to convert our defense to offense. We're going to need to share the ball. You know, all those things that, that um, you know, could make us really special. You know, those things always are, you know, they're always in flux a little bit and you just are always massaging them or polishing them or whatever you're trying to do to make them better. So just looking forward to you know, trying to iron out who's going to play together in good groups and right. hopefully we we play hard. You know, I, I always say when the people are walking up the stairs, exiting the game, that they bump each other and said, man, those guys, those guys really played hard tonight. You know, like, and that's that's really, like, my main job, right?
1: Do you know how long it'll take you to figure out the rotation, Coach? You, you mentioned who will get well, minutes.
3: Yeah, I mean, listen, I think that I always say that it's a 20-game, right. like, start of the season process. But I'm, I'm not – so sure that isn't just something to say. Right. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. it's. Yeah. you No, know, I mean you know like I gotta say you know I gotta think about you know it's getting a little bit of a process. You know what what's what's a good like number? But but I think Tim and this is what I keep trying to refer to a lot is man it changes like every day for me. Right. You know not for me for us our staff our team our players because because you think okay. Here's how we'll do it. Bing, bing, bing are coming off one, two, three, and they're going in for those guys. And then all of a sudden, one of those guys isn't there, or two of them aren't there, or right. one of the guys from the first five isn't there, and you're moving somebody else up. It's just like always evolving, I guess, is the best way to say it. Right. And and just like all of us, you know, myself accepting it and all of us accepting that, that the rotation's kind of always this thing that night to night in this league, you know, um, that's gonna probably look a little different. It's rarely gonna it's rarely gonna look the same game to game, and that's just all based right. on on health status. Normally,
1: right. right? Living breathing organism. Yep. All right. So sure so is. we talked about minutes in media day, and I mistakenly used the the word traditional point guard or the phrase traditional point guard around you and Bobby. And then the preseason, uh, I'm watching, and I see Scotty uh, playing a little bit of. I don't know what you'll call it, like primary facilitator, primary initiator mm-hmm. role. I won't call it traditional mm-hmm. point guard anymore. Uh, will we see more of that this season, uh, or is that best laid plans?
3: No, no, we will. Yeah, I think that um, I think that uh, Scotty Pascal both have a real natural ability of of bringing the ball up, getting it off the glass. Obviously, they can bring it. Um, there'll be times when Freddie's not out there, and it'll, it'll probably be one of those two, although Delano Banton's had such a good yeah. preseason. He's going to also get his, his cracks out there as well, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, so I, yeah, I mean, I like the um, ability to, to create offense that Pascal brings when he's handling, not, not just for himself, but for, for others, yeah. and I like the same for Scotty. Scott, he's got, he kind of likes to pass. Right, so he likes to have the ball to make some decisions. So I think that is a a very viable thing that we'll do this year for sure.
1: My follow up was: Has Delano played himself into that rotation? It sounds like he has. Uh, what about with Kem Birch out, Christian Colocolo getting some minutes?
3: For sure, I think Christian was in the rotation anyway, right. even without Kem out. Um, um, but definitely, you know, for sure now, I think Christian has done nothing. But played good. He had, one, he had one game where he wasn't one preseason game where where this was always great to have found out after. I mean, just didn't look right to me out there. Yeah. So I pulled him pretty quickly and just decided to not use him. I said, and I talked to him and, and I said, you know, something something. He said, yeah, coach. I'm really, you know, I don't feel well. Okay. You know, I don't feel well. And I was like, see, I knew something. I knew something didn't look right. So he only had way had what one game and he tried to play through it and not really complain about it. But other than that, he's played. Very good basketball as well. Really solid. You know, I know I know. I keep saying he's just solid. He doesn't really make mistakes and he blocks some shots. And he really was good on the offensive glass in a couple games. Good Good screen setter. Um, yeah, he'll
5: play. Nice. He'll play.
1: Okay, so season starts tomorrow in Cleveland. Then three-game road trip, two in Miami. Two in Miami. Yep. Do you like these back-to-backs against the same team?
3: Well, um, <laughs> I don't sure know yet. if we've done that before. <laughs> Have we done? I don't. Yeah, I'm. I'm it feels I'm like a pandemic, like holdover thing. Yeah, it, it might be. It might be. I, I will say this: is I'm very used to it. It was kind of right. like how you lived and breathed in the minor leagues. You know, you'd always right. go, you know, go to, go to Sioux Falls and you'd always play them twice, and right. then you'd go up to Bismarck and you'd always play them <laughs> twice, and you know, so lots of that um, double headers in, right. in that league, and there is. Probably a little something to be learned from going through that. I mean, there was a lot of splits. Right. right? A lot of splits in the, yeah. in the minor leagues because of that. Just, just you know, it's kind of the nature of like a series, a playoff series. You know, first team wins and the next team comes back more determined, makes some adjustments, and the team that won didn't. And, you know, you end up, you know, but um, we'll see. I, I don't mind it if it's going to cut down on some travel and some flights. And Right. And uh, if we go down there and get two wins, you can call me next week, and I'll, I'll really rip- give you a good report. <laughs> yeah. Three, three days in
1: Miami can go really well or it can not go very well. We'll figure it out next week. Hey, hey do you get giddy well, around? I'll tell, t- hey, t- what?
3: I'll tell you one thing is yeah. when we go down to Miami every year, uh, 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 a heck of a game usually breaks out, right? I mean, we are, we always are playing them, and they're, they're, right. they're like us. They're feisty and play hard. and. And we got to really lace it up, and the two teams really go at it. You know, last year we had the three overtime. Yeah. Three overtime against them, and then I think they had to turn around and come right back up here and battle us again, and that one went all the way down to the wire as well. So um, two teams got to go at it, so they should be two good games anyway.
1: I thought you were going to say, hey, Miami golf, and you went, no, the complete other way. Love playing oh, no that way. rivalry with those guys. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm getting ready for it. I am happy about uh, tip-off Eve. It feels like Christmas Day. I can't wait to get down the stairs in the morning tomorrow and see you guys play two tonight. We, we always appreciate you giving us the time to share with the fans. Uh, NickNurseFoundation.org for more information on the great work that he and others are doing in the community. Thanks for doing this, Coach, and, and good luck tomorrow.
3: Thanks a lot, Tim. Talk to you soon, bud. Yes, we will. There is uh, head coach
1: of the Toronto Raptors, Nick Nurse. Coming up, it was, uh, what was a good start for Russell Wilson. It was something after that. It was a good start for Russell Wilson. Started. They start, they started good started start. well. Chop up the money now. A 90-minute edition of Tim and Friends in the Hockey Central. And uh, got a little hockey stat for you. Call it the stat of the day. Connor McDavid needs one assist to toy Paul Coffey for fifth most in franchise history. They are one of eight games on the <laughs> ice tonight for Canadian teams playing. That's pretty ridiculous considering his age and how good Paul Coffey was and how good those teams were. That's not the
2: only tweet we got, though, Kevin. Uh, no, I'm not sure if you know this, but our vocabulary expanded quite a bit in the first block, yeah, talking yeah. about uh, vitriol. Mm-hmm. Uh, noticing one Jesse Rubinoff watching from home right now. Oh. Rubes, we hope that you're doing okay right now. Uh, hey, Tim and friends, lots of vitriol directed towards the Leafs <laughs> and first things first. And, Jess, I'd say you are correct yeah. in that assessment. I uh, love
1: the uh, how you feeling tweet right underneath. That's uh, nice. Would you, would you
2: like to see what, uh, how he responded? He said, annoyed that I'm not better yet. Thanks for asking. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. USA, 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 USA. I was gonna get this. That. Yeah, that works. I mean, the real real part USA, 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 USA. Speaking of USA, I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you know this, but the National Football League, it's located in the United States of America. And plenty of vitriol directed towards the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson. USA.
1: Oh yeah, Homer the does not Mon- like the Denver Broncos.
2: No, the Denver Broncos. Uh, this game wasn't. Great on the eyes. Neither team scored a TD in the second half. And uh, Danger Russ taking a lot of blame for Denver's second straight OT loss. It's been a tough start to the season for Mr. Unlimited. I am wondering, is Russ cooked? Timothy McCullough.
1: I said in our morning meeting today, and you can back me up on this, yeah. either he's hurt or this could be the worst trade and signing in NFL history Wrapped together it's starting to lean towards the latter of those so. like contemplate that for first it could be not only the worst trade in NFL history combo that but the worst signing, signing as well because he got mm-hmm. a 245 million dollar deal making him the second highest played player in the NBA but we NFL. did hear a little bit more today on perhaps what's going on here And is it an injury? Because that second half was ugly. He started well, as we said. 10 of 10, 116 yards, touchdown, 148.3 passer rating. In the second half, Russell Wilson did not do anything. He was 3 of 11 for 15 yards. 3 of 11 for – and that was including overtime. It was – it was very bad. So – We're hearing that he had an MRI. We're hearing that he's day-to-day. We're hearing that it is a significant injury, and it's not the shoulder. This time it's the hamstring. So maybe there's more to this Russell Wilson story than we're seeing right now.
2: There may be. Uh, Do you know how poor Denver's offense was in the second half? It went like this, punt, punt, punt. Field goal, that was off a turnover, a Justin Herbert interception. Not his fault, by the way. Punt, punt, punt. Four of those drives, three and outs. Quick shout-out, please, Timmy, to, to Dustin Hopkins playing hero kicker for the LA Chargers injures his hamstring he's actually gonna be out two to four weeks but still comes through to make all the big kicks including the game winner in overtime the Chargers have suffered through a lot of kicking woes but Dustin Hopkins coming through finally when the Chargers needed special teams most they got it
1: oh my goodness Dustin Hopkins with a shout out uh yes or no should Charger fans be worried about Justin Herbert no no. On the other side, Nick Kiprios will join me in studio, emphatic with his no, as we Absolutely look ahead no. to a busy night on the ice. Buzz yeah. Elliot Friedman guesses what we need to know live from the NHL Board of Governors meetings in New York City. Well, Sam, what was that? Preach? Oh, that was
0: <laughs> Preach arrival?
1: Amazing. Was he getting out of a limo? Was it the XFL we'll launch the XFL. show? Oh. On Sportsnet.
0: Tim and Friends, stop for Tim and Friends, Tim and Friends Tim and Friends, time for Tim and Friends, Tim and Friends And now, time for Real Sports
4: Talk with Tim McAuliffe and Friends of the Show.
1: Thank you very much, Sheepdogs, back here. One final half hour on Tim and Friends, Nick Kiprios, Elliot Friedman lined up. A reminder, you can catch the Guardians and the Yankees on Sportsnet 1 and Sportsnet Ontario as we speak. Jonathan Loisica out of the bullpen for the Yankees. They currently have a lead. We're with you until Hockey Central takes over 30 minutes from now on Sportsnet 360 East and West. while it's Canucks Central on Sportsnet Pacific. That's right, kids. They got their own show been a brutal start to the season for the Canucks. They're going to have something to talk about, too. Blowing multi-goal leads in all three games so far this year. An NHL first boost. Pujo called them mentally soft while the players held a team meeting after last night's loss. Right back at it against Columbus. 0-3 facing another winless team. You can catch it regionally. Again, Sportsnet Pacific. Meanwhile, you can- Kenny Kuznetsov has been suspended one game for high-sticking Kyle Burrows last night. Yeah, that's one game in the NHL. Kuznetsov was given a two-minute high-sticking penalty on the play. Got it good, and since you understood, I'm going to move on quickly because... Uh... The Oilers host the Sabres in Edmonton, looking to bounce back from Saturday's loss in the Battle of Alberta. Jack Campbell was pulled early in that one and will be on the bench tonight. Stuart Skinner, who played well in relief, gets his first start of the season. He stopped all 31 shots he faced against the Flames. See that one, sports depth 60-10. Meantime, the Flames try and maintain their excellent start to the season. They're 2-0 with wins over the Habs and Oilers and host another unbeaten tonight with the Golden Knights in town. Jacob Markstrom starts a net for Calgary. It is the start of an eight-game homestand for the Flames who don't leave Alberta for another three weeks. This one, Ridge, Sportsnet West in Ottawa. The Sens are expecting a sellout, their first in six years. They host the Bruins in their home opener. Lots of buzz around the Sens after a pretty good offseason, but it's been slow start on the ice. Speaking of fan bases, a wee bit perturbed right now. They've lost both of their games at Bruins. Uh, perfect 3-0 to start. During my run with COVID, I watched a lot and I learned a lot. And I also learned that we've been saying our next guest's name wrong for years. <laughs> That's a shocking. We've been saying Nick... Samsonov, and it's actually Samsonov.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's close, going on, close enough, pal.
1: How are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I, I've grown up around enough Greek guys to yeah. know that we weren't saying Kyprios, right? We're not saying well, the caliph, right, either, but what the hell?
4: I, I, my, I know my dad's watching right now, oh, and nice. he knows that it, uh, it was originally Kyprios.
1: Right. And people couldn't do that.
4: Remember the great uh, uh, Paul uh, Morris, was it, uh, Maple Leaf Gardens? You're going to go tell him now how to do his job, right? (laughs) The legend at Maple Leaf Gardens. It's like, whatever you want, pal. I just know it it's the same voice that had my heroes of Daryl Sittler, Solomon McDonald, and now you're saying my name, I don't care how you pronounce when it. What
1: did you when you went to like the the hockey tournament as a peewee the first time they pulled out the microphone and announced the goals, like what did did you get Kiprios all the time or did they just absolutely No, it No, right, right that from thing? the get
4: go, I think it was uh, I, I mean, yeah, they they could screw up Kyprios because yeah. uh, because of the Y right. instead of an I, Kyprios, Caprisos, <laughs> right. whatever the case was. But by then, I'm just this Greek kid who's just lucky to be playing
1: hockey. I didn't care. That's <laughs> uh, awesome. Uh, McAuliffe got butched too. So. It's all right, and it's McCallum if you if you oh pre- if you gosh. if you're going wow. Maltese, uh, that's fancy. how you say the last name here. Very fancy. All right, uh, Very fancy. bigger overreaction: Leafs, Canucks, or Kipper. Option number three is neither an overreaction.
4: Uh, where is the overre- is the overreaction of now wondering what is going to go on with the Leaf blue line with no Jake Muzzin? If if it is, then it's not an overreaction. That, that's a legitimate concern, and where you want to put it on uh, Defcom five four three remains to be seen. But this is a big story, and I think it's bigger than in many ways. Uh, Matt Murray uh, going down. This is your number one shutdown guy. This is a guy that's absorbing $5.6 million on the cap. Yeah. And uh, uh, to me, this is a, a huge issue moving forward for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, uh, two and two, I, no one's ever lost anything going two and two. No. Not not a big deal. I don't even care that you haven't, you haven't played well. Looking at that blue line, in the
1: foreseeable future, without a top shutdown guy, yeah, that's a pretty big concern. I don't, uh, I don't know if you know this, but the, the Leafs were pretty thin on the back end before this. Yes. Yeah, they. Uh... So what is it now? You tell me. I think it's thinner than thin. <laughs> it, is, it is a fine and yeah. It has been sliced very thin on that back line for the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll get more into that with Nick Kiprios coming up. But it's time now for 3 of 32 with our good friend Elliot Friedman. 3 of 32 brought to you by the GMS by GMC and the new Sierra AT4X. And Frege joins us from New York City, set of the Board of Governors meeting. Frege, look at this in front of a fancy painting at a hotel.
5: I, I'm guarding the painting from protesters throwing stuff on it. That's what I'm here to do.
1: What happened
4: to Boca? I, I know the issues in Florida, but uh, I mean, somewhere warm. This was always a BOG was always about uh, warm weather you guys and getting a free trip. And, somewhere, And you guys milking uh, three days for absolutely no, no, no
5: storylines of substance. <laughs> not this one. This one's always in New York at the beginning of the year, but don't worry, we've already gotten the uh, memo about December and where it is and Nick, we're booking it as we speak. Don't you don't you worry. We'll make sure we milk a good trip out of that one
1: all right speaking of milking something freege uh i have milked your xfl entrance at the score television network for years where they introduced there's going to be a ton of wrestlers trish stratus all these big huge name wrestlers were at this event for the xfl launch party in downtown toronto myself and greg sansoni were the hosts and they opened the first car door and out came.
4: I, I, I've watched it a thousand <laughs> times. Elliot. A thousand times where Elliot's <laughs> looking like Tom Cruise. All right, so
5: we're, we're going yeah, to break. I, I, I got to tell you, I definitely didn't look like Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> I have to
1: and you may have gotten no, no, booed, but were, whatever. You were thinking <laughs> you were Tom Cruise. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah. So we're going to break, and Kevin Mickey is absolutely rattled by what looks like a wonderful shot of Elliot Friedman walking by a trash. Look at look at this <laughs> entrance of Fridge looking smooth here. I don't know if it's XFL-ish, but it's pretty smooth. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Uh,
5: it, a trash bin next to <laughs> all the uh, governor's cars. There's something very interesting about that whole setup. <laughs> yeah, that's and, and for the some record, irony
4: there, I don't know. And for the record, you're talking to no one here except <laughs> yourself, right?
5: Actually, you know who I'm talking to? I'm pretty sure I was on with Merrick. I think that's my radio hit with him. And that also figures I'm in front of a trash bin there, too.
1: Uh, all right, let's get to this. What are, we, what are we expecting to hear from this round of the Board of Governors re- uh, meetings? Because I was reading your, uh, your column a little earlier today, and uh, the word vanilla was used.
5: Yeah, I don't think there was, you know, actually, I have to say something there. There was something that came out of here that was a little bit surprising. And that is that, um, you know, in the summer, there were a bunch of teams that signed some players to extensions. And I made a call to a couple of GMs and I said, how do you guys know what to do here? And it turns out that they were given some projections that they could expect the cap to go up a million next summer and then four million the year after and another four million the year after. So they were hoping in three years the cap would be up to around 92. Well, the commissioner surprised us today. He said that they are projecting and they are hopeful. He said he, he said there was it's going to be close, but that all the money that was owed by the players to the league after uh, Covid, in terms of the first couple, uh, first year or two, um, which was 1.1 billion, he said it's going to be close to being paid off at the end of this season. He says he's optimistic about the revenue numbers. So, if it turns out that they actually do pay it all off, then the cap could go up four million next summer. If they don't, it'll be one million, then closer to three and a half, four. But if they do get there, and he said it's going to be close. Uh, He's hopeful that uh, he says it could go up maybe to about 86 is the number I heard was talked about in the meeting today.
4: Yeah, and I really hope that's the case here because we do know the pressure that's on certain teams, big markets who are absolutely handcuffed right and now. Edmonton Oilers yeah. to start the season with one man down for cap issues, to me, is a, an embarrassment. Listen, I, I know that there's books, and I know that there's a, a CBA here, but really between the, the the owners, Gary Bettman, and the Players Association, they should find a way, um, whether it's on on every dollar or even if it's not. It's whatever they want it to be. This is an accounting practice. This is about uh, having an eraser on a pencil and just putting it in. And is, it, is it, this what we're hearing though for each? Elliot, like, you know, I, I get it. It's a billion dollars, it was down to 600 million, and hopefully in three years it it, it goes up to 92. But for the sake of what's best for the league, it should go up three or four, alleviate some of the pressure on the big markets, and everybody could be happy here instead of waiting this out another million dollars.
5: Well, I think, you know, I, I don't think anybody is going to disagree with you, Nick, but, you know, this is this is the way, since the cap came in, this has been the way it is. Like, I don't like the cap. I, I would much rather it be a luxury tax system as opposed to a salary cap, especially a hard salary cap. But I don't own a team, and I'm not the commissioner, and that's the system they wanted, and that's the system they got. So, um, yeah, I remember last year, uh, there, you know, there were a lot of uh, talks about, you know, are there, do there need to be exceptions to create more flexibility or teams taking advantage of cap loopholes? And, you know, they had some brief conversation about it, but it never went anywhere. So I, I think, you know, I, like I said, I don't disagree with you, but I think a lot of that is howling at the wind. Uh, I, I think you, if they get it all paid back, the cap's going up by 4 million. If they don't get it all paid back, it's going to go up 1 million. And unfortunately, that looks like the way it's going to be.
1: Can I introduce uh, a conversation for the Board of Governors and maybe just us to to throw amongst ourselves? Can we limit the time sure. uh, available to an instant replay? Like, especially in the regular season, I find that we're nitpicking way too much, and that's not what the system was intended to do. It wasn't supposed to be a guy's skate blade over a blue line. I, last night, like... I think they got this right after everything was said and done. I just, like, stick with the call on the ice if you can't figure it out quickly. Like, 60 seconds and move on. Can we do that, or is that ridiculous?
5: No, I, I you know what, I remember I was a big fan of replay when they brought it in, and I remember it was Colin Campbell who said to me, beware of the unintended consequences. Yeah. There's going to be things that happen here that you're not going to like. And he was right there. Like, I, for example, I think the ice and the offside calls are way too thin. I, I think those were out there to to remove the brutal offside misses, like the famous Matt Duchesne one. But we didn't want him sitting here like the tight skin of an onion just trying to figure out if a guy was onside or not. But, you know, the whole conversation is, Tim, do you want to get the call right or do you want to get the call wrong? And I they, the call. reason they... Like you, you, you know, you take a look at that play last night. Why did that play happen? Why would that that become reviewable? Because in 2019, in the Western Conference Final, Ten San pass. Jose scored an overtime winner that yep. they shouldn't have gotten. Off face and, off. And, mm-hmm. and 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 the thing is, you know what would happen? Like if this if this would have happened in the Stanley Cup Final, I know Arizona and Toronto. That's a bit of a stretch, but if <laughs> if this had happened in the Stanley Cup Final, and somebody had noticed that, people would be screaming bloody murder. They would. They, they no, would but be I don't, the other I, way around. Yeah,
1: fix fix the egregious. I understand it. But what I'm saying is this isn't egregious. The, the, the rule, the, the
4: video or the replay isn't the issue. It's a stupid rule. You lose the stupid rule and, and stick with the video. I don't care. No, no, but, but
1: I'm saying keep the video. Just don't spend eight minutes reviewing a play. Like it's ridiculous in all sports. Like we've lost the plot. 60 seconds, move yeah. on. Tennis has it well, right. You
4: you want your cake and eat it, too. You want uh, of course perfect you calls. And, in the media. But you can't. <laughs> you know. And why is the last minute more important than the 59 minutes? So the league can step in with a minute to go, but they can't 59 more minutes of, of the who, – who's yeah. to decide which is the most important minute in a hockey game?
1: You could challenge it, though, in the
4: rest of – The coaches can challenge yeah. it, but the league can't challenge the first 59
1: minutes. No, I Jack, can we add that although, to the
4: Board of Governors? Big, or no?
5: I, have, I, I have to say, Nick, I am convinced that there's, like, some help on, on there from time to time. Like, are you sure you really <laughs> want to challenge this? Are you I, sure I you want to keep your happened. job? I, I, I am convinced that ha- not all the time, but I think it happens sometimes.
1: Anything else we're waiting to hear from New York City or is this just you protecting the painting?
5: No, no, like they like Batman had his press conference already. I'm just looking at like my notes here. What else came up? Um, You know, the World Cup of uh, Hockey, February 2024, you know, one thing that really was noticeable here is that they said some of the other European countries have indicated they don't want Russians to play and not just Mm. obviously as Russia, but even as like a unified team or a team whatever. Without the Russian uh, name, color, or flags, like now the league hasn't decided what to do here, but it's very clear they've received the message.
4: Uh, Any talk, Elliot, uh, about uh, the Ian Cole situation and uh, insufficient uh, amount of proof to to move on to this, uh, move on to the story, Um, because clearly Tampa jumped the gun early of suspending him, and that didn't sit well with a lot of players.
5: Yeah, you know, I have to say, Nick, that there was a, a conversation about it, and there is going to be conversation between the league and the Players Association. Uh, like, he said that from here on in, the commissioner said that they will judge these on a case-by-case basis. And, yes, I am. I, I definitely heard a lot of the same complaints you did. The commissioner said that he felt that uh, due to the sensitivity of the situation, he backed his team as you would expect him to do. And, you know, look, like, in no way, in uh, no way, in any way do I want to trivialize what was what was alleged. But I think the one thing we all see here is, and I've talked about this with a lot of people, like, what if there's game seven of a huge series and a social media post comes out in the morning of a star player on one of the two teams and it alleges something? Like, what are you going to do? And you know, and people said, like in this case, you know it was it was something obviously that was alleged that was very serious what if it's in the future case and you can't prove it and that's why i do think they want to try to figure out something here i think we all see the danger of anonymous social media posts but the commissioner did not back down from his point of view that the allegation was serious and they want and they withheld the right to investigate it but as he said case by case basis from here on in nick though. There are a lot of people who feel that what you said, and they also feel they're also worried about it, like I said, happening, say, on the morning of a big playoff series, and what could that mean?
1: All right, uh, we have run out of time. For each. thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Take care, guys. Have a good night. Elliot Friedman, 3 of 32, live from New York City in the Board of Governors meetings. All right, we're going to debut a next segment or a new segment next segment. Got it good and since you understood. We call it game <laughs> time as we look ahead to the games of the night next right here on Tim and Friends as Kipper sticks around.
0: <laughs> Tim and Friends rolls on.
1: Nick Kiprios in the studio. Kevin Mickey in the studio. And as you may or may not have noticed, we are down to a 90-minute format on most nights as we lead into Hockey Central. As such, final segment, we are going to focus in on the upcoming night in the world of sports, Nick. Game day starts right here on Tim and Friends, and game time starts now, right? Cliff Levingston? All right, we Jimmy rigged that a
2: Exquisite. Bit. Absolutely exquisite. <laughs> yeah. Can't yeah. beat it. Timmy, there's uh, three games on the NHL Network tonight, including Golden Knights and Flames in regional action on Sportsnet West. Calgary is off to a 2-0 start after wins over the Avs and Oilers. Vegas also unbeaten, winning their first three games. Earlier today, Daryl Sutter asked about the biggest challenge in facing these Vegas Golden Knights. First off, they have 11 players from Western Canada and that's so it's 10 plus the decision boy who was born in raleigh so that's 11 so i like that that's the biggest challenge <laughs> 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 nice the, the, the guy knows what he likes uh, sutter recently became the 11th coach in nhl history with 700 games last week the flames announced they had signed him to a multi-year extension uh, how long do you think he'll keep coaching boys
4: i would think he's in it for the next two or three years to win a stanley cup could that Change things and, and shorten it, but I'm sure. In the next two or three years, and another 15 million in his pocket, uh, life is
1: good outside of the farm. Listen, we're uh, we're overreacting today to early starts. We did it with the Leafs, with the Canucks. What about the other way for the Calgary Flames? They look pretty damn good through yeah. a couple games.
4: Yeah, they do, and uh, especially down the middle. What, do they have that that pure elite centerman? No, but Lindholm, Kadri.
1: And uh, uh, Backlund, yeah, pretty solid. Does, does it feel like Calgary thinks they have more in Lindholm than the rest of the league gives them credit for?
4: I I, I liked him in in Carolina, Carolina. I really did. Yeah. But who's paying attention to Carolina? Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. But he goes up there and he proves his worth as a reliable 200-foot guy that can score, that can provide offense that was one of the best lines last year, even though two-thirds of it's gone. Yeah, And now he's got to work with some, some great new talented players.
1: How's this for a baptism by fire to the new-look Flames? You go Habs, Oilers, yeah. and now the Golden say, Knights. Yeah. I mean,
2: you could put an exclamation mark yeah. on that start of the season, especially a new-look squad sort yeah. of losing two-thirds of that yeah. top line. Uh, the Flames looking really good. Uh, undefeated from a matchup of undefeated teams to winless teams. The Canucks looking not so good lately to start the season. Uh, trying to avoid the first 0-4 start in franchise history as they visit the Blue Jackets. They've also lost their first three games. Vancouver expected to go with backup goalie Spencer Martin, second of back-to-backs. Uh, Timmy, what's your uh, what's your confidence level for Canucks getting their, their first win? There, there's
1: going to be a lot of pressure on this team in these two games back-to-back against 0-3 squads as of right now. They're winless as well. But they got an opportunity in Columbus and they got an opportunity in Minnesota where both these teams are really. Uh, Spencer Miller, 3 0 3. He's never lost in regulation. Excuse me, Spencer Martin. Can I say Spencer Miller? Spencer Martin, 3 0 3. He's never lost in regulation. It's only six games, small sample size. We've got pretty good numbers. Save percentage is pretty good. Uh, it's not like they're going backwards here uh, too much, according to the numbers. And. Nicky, they get uh, yeah. a couple of extra pieces activated for the game tonight, as tweeted out by the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, picture of Mikheyev's number 65 and a picture of Tyler Myers, number 57.
4: Mikheyev's going to shoot out of a cannon tonight. We know he's one of the fastest players. We saw that the, the last few years with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Myers is the key. I, you look at a lot of teams struggling early. You look at a blue line that uh, is battling, that uh, really uh, is lacking depth. Myers will come in, and he's a minute muncher. And he'll go in there, and he'll help with a penalty kill. And he could alleviate a little bit off of maybe a guy like Luke Shen. I like Luke Shen, but Luke Shen doesn't have feet that say that he should be playing 18, 20 minutes a night. So a lot of help with Myers coming in for Uh, that blue line.
1: Canucks and Blue Jackets, you can see that available coming up on sports net
2: Timmy like the Canucks, the Oilers also going with the backup goalie this evening and Stuart Skinner will get the start against the Sabers. Skinner replaced Jack Campbell in Saturday's loss to the Flames. He made all 31 sh- saves that were shot against him. I said that really well. Earlier today, we got you. Uh, yeah. I understand. <laughs> hey, how early Stop is uh, shots. How early is too early to talk about a goalie controversy in Edmonton? There's no goalie controversy. There's no. There's their one. I don't know. Give me 30 more days, would you? Okay. We'll we'll come back to this. We'll put a pin in that one. Yeah.
1: But Jack Campbell is in a spot where we've seen him struggle with his confidence in the past. You would have, If you were an Oilers fan, you would have liked to have seen him get off to a great
4: start. Yeah, without a doubt here. But I really hope a guy like this can look back at, on his experiences in Toronto mm-hmm. and, and have a better idea how he wants to handle it. And more importantly, how he presents himself to the media and the fans. Right. Because at times... Uh, it was his worst own enemy. Yeah. Uh, the things that he said publicly. Mm-hmm.
1: And he knows from last year, it's how you finish, not how you start, because he started really well. Really year. Well. Uh, unbelievably well. Maybe I mean. was it this year? Vesna. So yeah. maybe, yeah, maybe he's going the other way. Maybe it was a good sign. All right, kids, that does it for us. A reminder: the Guardians and the Yankees currently on Sportsnet One and Ontario Hockey Central. David Amber coming up on Sportsnet East, West, and
0: 360. Canuck Central on Pacific. Kipper, thanks. Mickey, thanks. Canada, thanks.